ברוך השם, you're a bad Jew. שלום. Welcome back to another episode of Bad Jew, the place where there is no such thing as a bad Jew. With me today is Arnie Bernstein, hailing from Chicago. Arnie, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have you, and I'm looking forward to talking about this infamous group known as Jewish Voice for Peace. I'm very interested to learn more about it. I know it's been a primary study of yours for some time now. But before we begin and learn about Jewish Voice for Peace, we got to know you. You have a right of entry onto the podcast. That is the four-minute Bad Jew Challenge. Are you ready? I am ready. Excellent. Todd, Stein, Shalosh, go for it. Okay. My name is Arnie Bernstein, and I used to teach my parents that they should have named me Jewy Jewstein, given how ethnic the name is. Born and raised in the uh, suburbs of Chicago, went to... Uh, a very, I was one of the few Jews at my grammar school, and it was quite an interesting experience. We, there were teachers, I'm convinced, looked the other way. There was a teacher who was quite frightening, and this was in the late 1960s, so nothing you could do about him, but he was, he said some things in class that were really frightening. We had a kid named Himmler in my class, believe it or not, who used to take swings and Teachers I know look the other way. By the time I was eight or nine, I knew that I was different and uh, pardon my language people, but I knew I was a kike and I knew I was a heeb by the time I was eight, nine years old. I'm sure many of you have that same experience. Regardless, Bar Mitzvah, out of Shalom in Martin Grove, Illinois, and I'm the classic example of the, the story of the two rabbis. I mice in my cigar, how, you know, how'd you get rid of them? Well, I Bar Mitzvah them and they never came back. And that was me. But I always maintained a sort of Jewish identity. I always, I, there were a lot of rabbis I've had in my life, quickly the, the four Marx brothers, including Zeppo. The Lenny Bruce was a major rabbi for me, Philip Roth, Abby Hoffman. I mean, later years, Leonard Cohen, who I think really is a rabbi. These were my rabbis. I still maintained a strong Jewish identity. Went to high school in, in Skokie, Illinois, Niles West. Another great Jew, Merrick Garland, was a previous graduate many years ahead of me. And I happened to be there during uh, the time of the so-called uh, Nazi Skokie March, when a group of, it's hard to call them Nazis, they're more like mopes, wanted to come to Skokie, which at the time had the high, one of the highest rates of Holocaust survivors outside of New York City, wanted to come in and give a speech on the, the, the steps. It became an international story. The First Amendment story was white. I, I, I could go on all day about that. I was there. They wanted to march in on my birthday, believe it or not, which is April 20th which is the same day as a certain you-know-who. When I was a kid, I felt bad about it, being boy, ha-ha, you were born on Hitler's birthday. But as an adult, I absolutely love it. I'm a Jew born on Hitler's birthday, post-World War II. What could be better? Every breath I draw, it's a spit in his face. It, it's wonderful. It, I could not imagine having a better birthday. But in any event, I was there the day they were supposed to march in, not my birthday, and trust me, people were ready. People were waiting. It would have been pretty intense. They did not because of various court things. Went to college, went to grad school, you know, didn't go to synagogue much. Always maintained a Jewish identity, but did not so much going to shul. Got married. My wife is not Jewish. And, and like many of my generation, and I saw, she went to church and I said, what am I missing? She said, you find a synagogue. She did. And it's been wonderful. It's a reformed synagogue. They love her. They, they love her more than me. And it's been a real journey as a Jew. And finally, 
I want to point out my, my, the next step in my Jewish journey is I got my Kai tattoo this weekend. I don't know if you can all see it, but there it is. I got my Kai tattoo. Very proud of it. And I did that awesome. nine seconds ago. There we go. Great job. And uh, use that four minute badger challenge. Very economically. Nicely done. Arnie, you have an area of study that I think a lot of Jews choose not to look at because there's a certain part of us that detests this, but yes. you have decided to face it for what it is. And you also have some personal run-ins with the yes. organization known as Jewish Voice for Peace. There's also other organizations that echo a pretty similar tune that they have. So right. I would love to uh, you know, uncover some of the research that you've been able to pull from this to pull some actual figures, to learn about the staff and the history and who's right. actually running this organization. This organization recently, Jewish Voice for Peace, just made uh, headlines when they came in and took over some of the government buildings in our country. Right. And, if you look here liberty. Visual, and if you look here at this visual, the more you look at it, there's more things that you kind of notice are wrong that aren't quite right. Like you have some people who aren't really sure how to wear tallest. So part of me wonders personally, how many of these people are actually Jews? Like there's the one kid in the upper right corner who has his tallest wrapped around his neck, like a right. ascot in a fraternity. Right. And I remember seeing that photo and thinking to myself, this looks like cultural appropriation. And you know, yeah, I, I, I just, call them there. There's, there, there's a major, the major Jewish groups in this country are Orthodox, conservative, reform, uh, reconstructionist, and what I call the as a Jews. And they often say, as a Jew, I want to say blah, blah, blah. So I call them the as a Jews, um, which it, it, to me, they're, they're, well, they're not almost like they are a cult. And they are the cult of hate Israel and by proxy hate the Jews. But I have no problem and, saying that at all. Absolutely. And there are other Orthodox groups as well, by the way, who are anti-Zionist as well. And yeah. Jewish Voice for Peace capitalizes on that other organization. Oh, yeah. They as love as does Louis Farrakhan. As does yeah. Louis Farrakhan. Yep, yep. Something to keep in mind. But now it's time to learn about the Jewish Voice for Peace. Who are they actually? That's a really loaded question. They, are, they were formed in 96, and they were upset about the tunnel that was being built under the Western Wall. And, you know, it's legit to criticize Israel. They were criticizing Israel for that. It's certainly legit to criticize Israel. There's a lot of things to criticize about Israel and the government. But to say that you're in, you know, that if you're, you know, live in Israel, you're, you're just Israel all the way because of the government. Well, that's like saying, you know, you're for, you know, you're, you're all, you know, on Donald Trump or you're all in on Joe Biden because you're an American citizen. And obviously that's not the case. The, my, my own experience with Jewish Voice for Peace is rather strange. They, and I wrote an article about this for Ash. They, they, a local, you know, peace group in quotes, which has actually two Jewish members, but it's basically a lot of old ex-hippies who have nothing better to do. They, were, they have meetings and they stand out in the corners and things like that, waiting signs. But they were bringing in Jewish Voice for Peace to talk about Israel. Now, a lot in my local Jewish community were upset about this. And as I go into Jewish Voice for Peace, you'll understand why. We asked if we could speak with them beforehand, with the, with the peace group. They refused. They would not let us. It became quite ugly. My local neighborhood face group when the peace group advertised it in the local neighborhood Facebook to a person, they all came out full square against this group. And the majority were not Jewish coming out against this group. It was beautiful. It was wonderful to see the neighborhood solidarity. 
I was one of the leaders of the people saying, please don't bring this group in. They sent us an email saying, in essence, well, not in essence, they said to the point, well, you say what you don't want, but you don't say what you do want, which is a lie. We told them we wanted to talk with them. They refused to meet with us. They said, which leads us to wonder who is providing you with your tactics and, and techniques and talking points. This is what they said. Well, you don't say that to me. I responded and said, and, and I've written a book about the German-American Bund movement, which is about the anti-Nazi movement or the, the, the Nazi movement in the 1930s, the German-American Bund. It's called Fritz Kuhn and the rise and fall of the uh, swastika nation, excuse me, swastika nation, Fritz Kuhn, rise and fall of the German-American Bund. So I have, as a result, you know, you write a Nazi book, you're going to see things about you online. And I've seen, you know, on Stormfront, my name in big red letters and it's anyone missed it. And what this guy wrote to us was exactly the same thing that was written about me on these websites, almost word for word. So I responded. I said, look, I think for myself, I've seen that what you wrote about me, I've seen on a Nazi website. Only in that case, they also called me a kike. And again, I apologize for it. Well, that was a gut punch to them that they never saw coming. Consequently, they brought, they had a new form. They were bringing in two experts from Jewish Voice for Peace, including Rabbi Grant Rosen, who was one of their leaders, to talk about what anti-Semitism is and is not. Well, they got blowback for that. So at the last minute, I was called and said, we would like you to be on the panel and we'll have a meeting and we'll talk about what you will discuss and then what the other two people discuss, to which I said, thanks, no thanks. I refused. And it made them, and ultimately the so-called peace group looked very bad in the community. This was my personal experience with Jewish Voice for Peace, but I've been following for a good long time. What we're seeing now, they shook it. They, they're smart. They know how to manipulate the media and the media is lazy. They said, well, again, you'll see on the thing, a Jewish group who is, you know, for peace, you know, something like, you'll see it, a line of, you know, an alignment of Jews who want, you know, a ceasefire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And their name sounds really lovely, Jewish Voice for Peace. Well, who wouldn't be against that? It, it um, does sound like an awesome name. When I hear that, does. I get excited. When yeah. I first heard about the Jewish Voice for Peace, I genuinely was like, wow, I want to join that group. Same thing with me. And, but right. then you start digging and the, the three things they're not is a Jewish voice and for peace. As I say, they formed in 1996. They started taking a, a further bent towards what basically became anti-Semitism. Yes. Right. So question for you, the people who, who founded it, who didn't like the opening of the Western wall to the Jewish community, were they Jewish? I believe so. Okay, so they were. I, I, I believe they were. It was out of Berkeley, and I think it was three Jewish students. Three, three Jewish students who had criticism for Israel's policy started it. Right. But instead of creating an organization that's about criticizing government actions, they made it about what instead? They made it about, as I like to say, Paradise Palestine and Nikki Israel is what it really came down to, to the point where we're at today. They talk about colonizers. How they talk about apartheid. They talk about genocide. You those are their three main points, is that Israel is really nothing but, you know, white people who are colonizing, you know, the native people out of it. Uh, you know, it, it, of course, there's, there's, you know, and to me, I find that extremely funny because on many occasions, people have asked me, you know, are you Syrian? Are you Palestinian? Because my, my dark coloring and things like that, I was part of a, an interfaith thing at a college I used to work at. And I was working with a Palestinian woman on this. And her husband looked at us. He said, you could be brother and sister because of our, we had similar looks. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's funny, you know, I, 
we, we aren't white. We aren't, you know, we're, you know, it, 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 we aren't white. We are white. You know, it depends who you ask. It's, but the, you know, that, that's part of what they, they, you know, it's the white people colonizing. Right. We're, we're only, us Jews are only white when it's convenient. That's kind it's, of yeah. what oh, I've come to learn. You know, when my grandmother came to Ellis Island under race, I've seen the, the little ship's log, which is race, Hebrew. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a, such a strange designation, you know, and we're Ashkenazis, but, or my people, but there's Miss Rice, there's, there's all kinds of people, you know, we're not one race, but in any event, it's just a bunch of white colonizers. They are committing apartheid. You know, that's another big name. Genocide is another thing you'll hear, you know, a lot in their chants about that. There's a lot of comparison to Nazism. They're modern Nazis, which is to me is just beyond obscene to refer to anyone as, I mean, it's just beyond obscene. It's, it, it's that simple. And this is what they have become in the public eye, but it was, it was always there. Once they started building and really in the like early to mid 20, 20s, you know, 2000s, excuse me, is when they really started to take this harder stance. And it, it, what they've done over the course of years is just awful, just plain awful. I want to read to you, this is the statement they put out. This was October 7th, the night of October 7th. Just for context here, sure. Hamas had just attacked, killed, right. confirmed. At that time, it was confirmed 1,200. Later on, confirmed 1,400 plus Jews were killed. And well, don't they kill? Slaughtered. 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 Yeah. We, we're not talking about civil deaths. We're not talking about what you'd see in a prison for someone who is, who is given the death penalty. We're talking right. about burned, murdered, butchered, cut alive, raped, awful, awful, you yeah. know, terrible things. And, yeah. and with no sensitivity, 240 plus hostages taken into mm -hmm. Gaza and tortured and, and even confirmed on video abused in the process of that right. kidnapping. And they said what exactly? Okay. This was their statement released. This is their opening. Right now, Palestinians, of course, Palestinians first, Israelis, and all of us with family on the ground are terrified for loved ones. We grieve the lives of those already lost and remain committed to a future where every life is precious and all people live in freedom and safety. Nice. Okay, that's oh, a start. That's a start. That's a start. And from there, it just goes downhill. Following 16 years of Israeli military blockade, Palestinian fighters from Gaza launched an unprecedented assault. Let me read that again. Palestinian fighters from Gaza launched an unprecedented assault, in which hundreds of races, Israelis were killed and wounded and civilians kidnapped. The Israeli government declared war, launching airstrikes, killing hundreds of Palestinians and wounding thousands, bombing residential buildings and threatening to commit war crimes against the siege Palestinians in Gaza. So Israeli I would change a few words. I would change I would a few too. words. I would, I would change a few you things. Because I would not call a fighter someone who targets civilians and, you know, butchers people and rapes them. I would call them rapist terrorists. But okay, continue. Yeah. Go on. And if you, if, I, as an aside, if you, if you haven't watched the footage, and this to everybody that is out there, we need to bear witness. I've watched it. It is brutal. It is beyond brutal. And we need to bear witness. Hard as it is to watch, we need to. After this wonderful thing about uh, the war crimes, blah, 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 the Israeli government may have de just declared war, but its war on Palestinians started over 75 years ago. Israel, Israeli apartheid and occupation and the United States complicity in their oppression are the source of this violence, of all this violence. Reality is shaped by when you start the clock and it just gets worse. 
Wait, so it doesn't define how it does its apartheid and it doesn't define its oppression. Not, not in this statement, but they right. they talk a lot about complicity. We are committed to escalating our campaigns for boycott, divestment, and sanctions to end the billions point into the Israeli war machine from corporations and private foundations. Sure. Uh, inevitably, I mean, it's just, it's, it's obscene. And that's, so let's, that's being kind. That's being let's kind. debunk a few of these myths, these buzzwords they threw in there, right? They threw out the word apartheid. where you have Palestinian people that are able to freely live within the country of Israel. And by the way, I've personally been in a Palestinian village inside the national borders of Israel. I have seen how they live and they live equal citizens. There's nothing on their passport that identifies them as Palestinian. They're just a person on the passport as regular citizen. And also there are Palestinian government officials. So I just want to point out that you know, when you hear it's those buzzwords, right. Yeah, and then there's actual facts presented. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Another word like genocide has been used a few times when the yes. Palestinian Arab population in Israel has quadrupled since Israel's existence. So I don't really understand. If, if Israel is doing genocide, they're really bad at it. Anyway, yeah. continue. I mean, from the moment, you know, after their, their initial, you know, cute and sweet opening, it just, it, it, it's just, it's obscene. This is not a surprise. It's just not a surprise. After this group came in and caused all the problems in my neighborhood, and, I sh- and again, my neighborhood rallied around us, rallied around the real Jews in this community, as opposed to the outsiders that, they were, that non-Jews were bringing in. Who are these people? What have they done? If you look at, first of all, their social media, some of uh, they, the things they have on there are just horrific, just horrific. And I'm just going to read a few. This is out of the white paper that I did, and uh, that paper is available, and I want people to spread it far and wide. I will make sure that you get it. In the fall of 2020, they published what they said were cartoons from a woman who is a UK Bahrain-based artist. She practices art through illustrations, drawings, comics, experimental animation, social artworks, and things in between. Her daily caricatures focus on corruption, power, occupation, and human being. Among other things, this showed two IDF soldiers drinking blood out of glasses. That is a blood libel. There is no question that is a blood libel. And blood libels mean one thing, kill the Jews. In the history of the blood libel, what is it? The blood libel, I mean, it, it, was, it goes back to medieval times that Jews were killing the, the babies, for the Christian babies, to use the blood to bake in the matzah. It's what got Jews killed time and again and time and again. It's why grandparents came to this country from Russia. It was in the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, the anti-Semitic screed that was created by uh, the, the czars. It was in, my, you know, Hitler, you know, and certainly the, the, the you know, their Stromer and all those things. It's, it's classic stuff. And so... No, go on, go on. Uh, I mean, and here's what Jew- that's what Jewish Voice for Peace is putting up. Right. So this, this peace organization that says they're about peace, which by the way, just Arnie, just to confirm here, um, you, you would say that peace and coexistence are two words that are synonymous, right? I would say so, yes. Okay, so two, the peace and coexistence, right? But they're promoting a blood libel. Yes. An old anti-Semitic trope that dates all the way back to the medieval age that we've seen pop up in the worst of times. Yes. And they happen to choose now, after making that opening statement, 
about Israel being attacked and how every life is precious. Right. But they're based, but this was the base. This was published well before that happened. Right. So it's an organization rooted in hypocrisy. Hypocrisy and anti-Semitism. We have an organization rooted in anti-Semitism. There is no question. This is from a, one of their uh, student groups. Um, this was from April of 2019. We're so excited. Uh, this is from the, the Twitter feed. We're so excited to see everyone tonight. Please update your RSVP if you're coming to let us know what to expect. This is from a meeting we were holding. We're also selling t-shirts and buttons, so stop by for some anti-Zionist propaganda. Um, and here's the t-shirt they were selling. Israel is a garbage country that's only loved by garbage people. It was founded on ethnic cleansing, apartheid, and settler colonialism. Its flag is a symbol of white supremacy. And on the back it says, all Zionists are racist, every single one. Now, think about what's on the, the flag of, of that colonial state is a, the Star of David. As I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people uh, had to wear that in Europe in the uh, 1930s and 1940s. And a lot of people who marched into ovens had to wear that, that symbol of, of white supremacy. Am I correct in that? No, you are correct in that. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it, it's obscene. It, it's obscene. And this is, you know, this is what the little scamps are doing. This is from, and they actually, uh, this is published, I think, annually now on their Twitter feed around the time of Passover. And this is a, this is a long thread, but I'm just going to read the, the opening of it. They publish this every year around Pesach. I've seen this three, four years running. The Israeli state calendars or sequentially commemorates the Holocaust, Israel, Israeli soldiers, and the creation of the state promoting false Zionist narratives. It, one, the Holocaust justifies the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. Two, the Jews can only be safe in a free, militized, militarized colonial apartheid state. Also, this says, Israeli leaders intentionally designed the sequence of these fabricated secular holidays, timing them to fall just after Passover on the Jewish calendar. First, Israel uses Passover to establish a mythical pattern of Jewish history as recurring cycles of oppression and freedom. Let me read that again. Israel uses Passover to establish a mythical pattern of Jewish history as recurring cycles of oppression and freedom. Next, then the holidays between Passover and, in quotes, Independence Day, secularize and modernize Passover's oppression to freedom story. Each year, they tell Israelis that Jews, especially in the diaspora, are doomed to persecution. But a Jewish apartheid state with a strong army can save us. What do you say? First of all, it's there's, all there's, so many things, there's so many things wrong with the statements that I don't even know where to begin. Oh, I know. I mean, it, and the, we could we, we spend hours talking about it. Um, one thing that I really love about it is that it assumes we're all, everybody in the diaspora is so stupid that we, we need Israel to, to you know, tell us these things. We couldn't figure these things out. We're so terrified and frightened. Let alone the, the mythical, you know, the cycle of Jewish oppression. I mean, what the, you know, the, you know the, we use the Holocaust. That, now that's anti-Semitism 101, using the Holocaust for you know, specific means to, you know, get what those Jews want. They use the Holocaust. The, the fabric, the, the, using Passover to establish a mythical pattern of Jewish history as recurring cycles of oppression and freedom. 
I, that, I don't know. This is who they are. Now, let me, I want to read you something else. Well, before, I wanna, before you do that, before you do yes. that, Arnie, I, I do want to say one thing. In this, in this time that we've been experiencing, specifically with the Israel-Hamas war, and, and this yes. just happened to me yesterday, okay? This was recorded on November 14th, currently recording at 12.10 p.m. Pacific time here in Los Angeles, here in Chicago. Yesterday, I was called a Nazi, right? Yeah, I was called a Nazi for saying that Israeli lives matter and that Jewish lives matter. Right. The irony, by the way. Of course, then, of course. And then, um, I, I, you know, on, on the comments section on TikTok, which is where my audience very much is active and right. bad Jew and always participating and listening to my podcast. Um, the, 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 word, the word Nazi is used or fascist is used so much. Oh, yeah. And, and, and within and, all these platforms. Right. I, the one thing I do want to say is that Hamas and Jewish Voice for Peace and other organizations that are pro-Hamas, I'm not going to say pro-Palestinian, but pro-Hamas, yeah. Oh yeah, have truly gaslit the world from yes. taking historical facts and treating it as subjective, because that's the world we are in today. I, I don't think this world, this time is the age of information. That was the original name of this time since computers right. have become more accessible. I think of it as the age of misinformation at this point, where yeah. There is so much going out there that no one really knows what to believe. But the bottom line is the word Nazi. Every time the word Nazi gets used, it cheapens what it means to the point yeah. where actual white supremacists that are coming from the extreme far right, the actual white supremacists, the actual Nazis out there, get, get away with what they do. And it's and very, very disturbing for me. It's a very disturbing reality that I just want to put to the forefront of people's thought that these expressions are getting cheapened. But I will say this, when Zionist Jews use phrases or your, your call back to the Holocaust, it comes from a very legitimate place. Of course. You know, under, 80, under 80 years ago, we were just coming out of the camps. So we right. still have this PTSD. I personally know Holocaust survivors. I know people with tattoos on their arms with, right. with numbers. So there is legitimate PTSD that is intergenerational, that is passed down from person to person, that comes exactly. from those camps. When we talk about the actual echoes that we hear from the Holocaust still existing today, it's because they are valid hearings. There are valid comparisons that we are drawing. And I'm, I'm sorry, but people that are, the, the people who back Jewish Voice for Peace, the people that back these pro-Hamas positions, and start throwing around the word Nazi is doing a whole different level of disservice and gaslighting that the world does not need. Right. And I personally, I mean, the, the word Nazi has been cheapened over the years. You know, grammar Nazi, you know, for example, or the soup right. Nazi on sign, which I was appalling. This leads to something too. A lot of times you'll see on their social media and certainly in the signs that we're seeing and the things that they say in their speeches, they, they talk about Jewish supremacy. Let me read you this. Yeah. What is, is Jewish supremacy? Well, let me read this to you. Yeah. This is from a book called Jewish Supremacism. This book is not anti-Semitic. It simply examines and documents elements of ethnic supremacism that have existed in Jewish community from historical to modern times. Any criticism of Jewish supremacism is immediately condemned as anti-Semitism. The chronic media recital of the horrors of the Holocaust 
has made the term anti-Semitic morally equivalent to the endorsement of mass murder. The world shuts down the reason and evokes heat rather than light. The word is fragrantly overused. It is even used against those who simply protest Israeli human rights violations against Palestinians. Who wrote that? David Duke. Who? And it's David Duke. Who is the leader of the Klan, the former Grand Dragon of the Klan, who won a seat in the Louisiana State House in one of the more obscene elections of time. He is a dangerous man. Yeah, but he he made he made the Klan respectable. He, he, instead of wearing a white hoodie, he wore a suit and tie. So a white supremacist approached anti-Zionism from an intellectual standpoint. Exactly. Wrote up this very thick book about this concept that isn't real. Exactly. I'm yeah. sure he provides, I'm going to say this in air quotes, facts, right? Yeah, exactly. That support. I mean, he has an entire book on it. So he applied a lot of, when it comes to ethos, pathos, and logos, he applied a lot of logos, which is very dangerous. When you have a smart villain, it's yeah, very, exactly. very dangerous. And yeah. he writes this entire book from the intellectual standpoint. Remind me the next time that I want to be racist to get away with crimes against humanity to sound like an intellect. Jesus yeah, Christ. exactly. You know, and, but any of this is exactly what's, in Jewish Voice for Peace. Now, interestingly enough, they will do anything to knock Israel. And in the past, white supremacy, David Duke. Now, on not one, two separate occasions, Executive Director Rebecca, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, I'm sorry, Vilka Merson, she's the former Executive Director of JVP, two, two separate occasions. She appeared on a podcast run by something called the American Free Press Net. It's a white supremacist website. After this was exposed, JV claimed, JVP claimed that the second interview was obtained under false premises. She was on there twice. Whoops. You know, it, it, I've, I've done a lot of podcast interviews and I'm from Chicago. Old school journalism. Chicago City News Bureau, they came up with the perfect, you know, first rule of journalism. If your mother says she loves you, check it out. They didn't check it out. They just went, oh, sure, we'll come on here. We'll bash Israel for you. Oops. I, th this is who these people are. This is who these people are. You read, you know, the, the example of, you know, we're selling Zionist, anti-Zionist propaganda. You put that next to David Duke. To, to, sides of the same bad penny. I really wonder how many people who participate in the Jewish Voice for Peace narrative understand that where organization gets its narrative from, David Duke, the white supremacist who created the concept of Jewish supremacy, you know, how, I wonder if they understand that they are supporting an organization that denies being affiliated with the white supremacists, but has leaders that are literally on white supremacist media twice pushing out the narrative, right? And amongst and, 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 and then they, they call us Nazis, and then they exactly. call us Nazis. Exactly. Uh, it, 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 maybe they confused me because I was born on Hitler's birthday. I don't know. They they also I've been called worse. They, they also have brought in his speakers and defended, among other people, Leila Khalid, who was involved in hijackings in the 1970s and several terrorist actions. 
it's, 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 and, and others as well. I mean, you just go on and on and on. It's, as I said, they're not, you know, the three things they aren't is a Jewish voice and for peace. They associate with terrorists. They excuse terrorism. They use cute language. And unfortunately, they're good at what they do when it comes to media manipulation today. And I, I, my wife makes me turn off the TV because I get so upset when I see these, but we just had a, you know, a pro protest. I don't even like using that word. In Chicago yesterday by the Israeli consulate in a building that uh, houses the Israeli consulate, other people, other, you know, businesses in the building had to go down a lockdown in place because of, they didn't know what these people were doing. They were, you know, uh, JVP claims several hundred, but from the, the looks of what I saw, it didn't look like several hundred, but they sure were lousy. They, sure, they were lousy. They sure were noisy. They're loud and noisy. They're a minority. They are definitely a minority. They are different fringe players, but being loud and noisy gets good airtime. How do we fight this? We speak truth. We tell, we tell the world. We tell the world who these people are. Now, every time I see a story about them, I have notified. I've, you know, emailed, uh, one case I, I texted and left a phone message with a reporter from the New York times, other, you know, places in Chicago, I have not gotten a single response, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop. We need to call them out every chance we get and their associated groups, if not now, which is also calls himself a Jewish group, if not, you know, you know, I, students for justice in Palestine. Now, Columbia university took a smart step. And they banned Jewish Voice for Peace and uh, Students for Justice in Palestine at Columbia for the rest of the, the semester, for the rest of small semester, because of some of the activities they've led on Columbia, the Columbia campus, including shutting down a building when they were told not to um, and preventing students from going to class on Columbia University. And Columbia University is a, has problems. I mean, I, 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 in a way, I mean, I, when I was in college, I, you know, I, you know, I would get the snide remarks, you know, that this stuff, you know, that wasn't different from when I was growing up. I can't even imagine what college kids are going through today. It was, I mean, it was just, you know, the stupid stuff we all grew up with when I was in college. But today it's an existential threat. These kids are terrified. People tearing down signs of, it, it's become like a, a status symbol. You know, it, it, it's, it's, I really feel for these college kids and we've got to do everything we can to stand up for them and help support them. But Jewish Voice for Peace, is at the forefront of this, yeah. of this movement. And they, they, we need to look at who is funding them. Look at who is funding them. They listed on their website, the Rockefeller Foundation, among others. Now, some of this may have changed, but we need to write to who funds them. Look on their website. They're, they're open about it. They're, 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 you know, using these words, their rally. Well, it was a rally. They held in DC last week. Wallace Shawn, the actor, Wallace Shawn spoke at this rally. We need to point that out. We need to let people know who these are, who these people are. And Agreed. who's supporting them. Agreed. And we need to Arnie. contact the media. Oh, sorry. I know we need to contact the media. We need to let people know who the people really are. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Arnie, thank you for your informative time here on the podcast. I really do appreciate you uh, coming in and providing, you know, real research, real facts. And I want to remind people that are listening, especially for those who are supporting Jewish Voice for Peace, that the facts that you do not like is not propaganda. It's just facts that don't work for you and your narrative. So I just yeah. want to put that out there. 
And before you point the finger and say that I'm a Nazi or that we are putting out propaganda, just remember that you're wrong. Anyway, thank you for listening to Bad Jew. We'll see you next week. Shalom. Sure.